myself back on my beat I'll be the one if you don't care about me Making love to myself back on my beat You don't want my love if you don't care about me I just dance for myself back on my beat Apparently, John is starting his own podcast. Like, he like has like a, a podcast image with his face on it. It looks really good. And the idea is he's interviewing like people in tech. Uh, okay, like a tech. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's tech or just like CEOs in general. Actually, that's not true. It's not only exclusive to tech now that I think about it. Because he was asking me about people like athletes who turn into like business moguls. Yeah, and I told him Magic Johnson, and he laughed. He's like, "Yeah, I probably can't get Magic Johnson." I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's funny. That's like a cool way to get to talk to some really fancy people. I know, right? It's a great just, idea. Yeah, you just like humor them. Yeah. So this is 408s and hot takes. And John, when your podcast gets bigger than this, no, shout us out. <laughs> is this live now it's live dude we're, oh we're doing it <laughs> i want to get i want to like guess the name of john's podcast but oh shoot what about this what about a who's who <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect because he, he's like interviewing these executives you know like the who's who of the corporate america I just spell h-u-s-h-u-f <laughs> Wow, you're welcome, John. We expect a cut of the profit. <laughs> Who's who in tech? That's so good. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> yeah, just Yo, it's been like since August since we've talked. I know. I dude, well, I just went through the obvious like very busiest um four months just because of the election. Like it got crazy towards the end. There's an uh, election? Yeah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Dude, we had crazy Georgia stuff. We had both of our Georgia candidates went to a recount. Uh, Lucy McBath and Carolyn Bordeaux. Lucy McBath won, right? Lucy McBath won in like a super close race. And she's like the coolest. Like her son got shot by like a white supremacist like three or four years ago. And she was like depressed. And then she was like literally ran for Congress. And she was like, I have nothing left. So just don't want this to other moms and she won she won the john ossoff seat okay that's why i know because yeah nate silver tweeted but it, yeah 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 but, won the no, seat. Well, uh, awesome. but yeah no election was crazy um i hired Derek flakel um so i've been spending like 50 hours a week with flakel for the past three and a half months wow which, he's gotten married okay <laughs> Like, <laughs> crazy. That is so bizarre because I didn't even know he was dating, first of all. And now... Yeah. Do they Apparently have... Apparently, you know, James is good friends with. It's it's so weirdly small, small world, but... It sounds like they got married soon because of, like, her visa situation, right? Her visa, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like... They're... It's weird because they're, like, very much in love, and I think they, like, would have maybe eventually got married, but they definitely rushed it along. But then it also, like, artificially rushes all these, like, things at you, which he's been dealing with, which I don't, like, envy him. Uh, Do they live together? 
nice person. Like he's so yeah. nice. Do, do they live together? Yeah, they do. Um, but they they were sort of living together in like the spot where they're both applying to grad school mm. next August, and like not even maybe it'll be in the same place, but maybe not. So, but then her visa stuff went down. And, well, she's applying to, like international programs and and local so so and they just did it on paper right like they didn't go like didn't have like a ceremony or anything well their parents so that's the thing but then like you can't do it fake because then you could get in trouble with, like authorities uh, so it's like the remember the movie like larry, chuck and larry is that with uh, adam sandler and, <laughs> and yeah that- <laughs> <laughs> i'm not pronouncing yeah. chuck and larry that's a movie what yeah, i'm not pronouncing chuck and larry <laughs> <laughs> So like people will show up and be like, "Did you? Are you actually married?" Um, but so they like had some people down or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know. How's Atlanta been? What have you been doing it's, in Atlanta? It's good. Um, wait, that just reminded me of a story. Have I told you the story about J.R. Sweezy's father-in-law? No. Oh my god. <laughs> so they're Colombian, right? Um, yeah. He came to Colombia first, like got a green card wedding, got his yeah. green card. And then brought his real wife over and, like, got divorced, whatever, with the lady. And a few years back, they were applying for citizenship because they just, like, never got – they just like, kept renewing the green card. They were, like, too lazy to yeah. actually become citizens. But they, like, finally decided to do it. And when it came time to fill out the paperwork, he had to write the name of his first wife. And he couldn't remember her name. <laughs> oh, my God. No way. <laughs> he couldn't remember his wife's name, his first wife's name. Isn't that oh, hilarious? So, like – I think they eventually like yeah, hunted like, it down. Actually, yeah, it's hunted down. Yeah, like through the oh, internet, like and like I think they're citizens now. But like I thought that was hilarious. Like he couldn't remember his is, first wife's name. Is he still playing guard for the Seahawks? He still yeah. So he was in Tampa, got cut like at the very end of the off season, and apparently had offers like big offers from the Bills and even the Patriots, but really like Seattle. So he went to Seattle for like a smaller contract apparently. Seattle seems fun. Dude, people are freaking the F out about Amazon HQ2. Yeah. The crazy, I think it's honestly not going to happen in either place. Like, I think both local localities are going to turn against it. Really? There's, like, no benefits if you work there, if you live actually live in D.C., to have Amazon HQ2 come. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, my business is – like, my business, especially in D.C., where it's, like, people's business is, like, government – and there is, like, a services industry, but it's not as, like, high-end as New York. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, most of these people that, like, are active in local politics are, like, make money from politics and from government. And it's, like, Amazon HQ2 is not going to raise anyone's wealth. No one owns their house. Everyone works for the government or in Congress. And we all – everyone there makes, like, $60,000 a year, rents an apartment. So, then HQ2 comes and rents go up, like, one and a half times – and then it's like, this isn't helping me. Like, what? I don't. What's the benefit besides just things cost a lot more? Yeah, that's really interesting. Because like these cities have been like doing everything, right? Like all these, like corporate. What is it? Like tax breaks and stuff. Like try to lure them in because yeah. they bring jobs. You're gonna have billion dollars to Jeff Bezos, who like God knows does not need that cash. But even more than that, like even if DC wasn't giving them anything, like I don't know if this would fly. 
because it's just like the amount of prices are going to go up. And it's like no one from D.C. is getting hired. They're hiring people from like college campuses. Right. To come so get Amazon. More people. Yeah. yeah it's just going to be way higher rent prices and only the people who own property, which in like expensive cities is n- no one. You know, like who in Long Island City owns their own? Yeah. Rich, everyone's <laughs> already rich. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So it's like not really. I don't know. It would be interesting. Plus the whole idea that like you have to offer $2.5 billion for Amazon to choose the two coolest cities in the country. I know. It's like a Amazon, like, really, really cool bidding process. You chose Long Island City. It's like, what did you do? Like show up to a bar in Brooklyn and ask for <laughs> You know, like, oh, you just like walked around like. You just walked around like Princeton's campus, and we're like, "What, what are people doing after school?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, I'm going to DC. Oh, I'm going to Long Island City." Um, but anyway, separate separate rant. Yeah, I really didn't want them to come to Atlanta just because traffic already sucks here. <laughs> yeah, so like if mm-hmm. they did that, maybe they would like combine it with a subway or something, improving. But yeah, so is there any like public? Like, how are they selling it to the public? That- is there no? Is it just we're coming? Well, that's the thing. It actually has been just like a bungled rollout. They just assumed people would be like eating up this like Paul Ryan bullshit that like if Amazon comes to your city, soon like everything is gravy for everyone. And it's like actually like no one believed the original Amazon story, which is like oh like the economic benefits of Amazon. It's also like. We're at a time where unemployment's already very low, so it's not like people are like, oh, great, more jobs are coming. It's like, wait, there's already plenty of job opportunities, right? Exactly. Plus, it's like the jobs that Amazon, like, the the jobs that are going to be in higher demand because of Amazon are, like, restaurant workers, people that work in, like, entertainment and service industry and the housing industry, and it's like, those aren't good jobs. It's like, I, you know, most of them aren't, right? It's like, I don't... I guess it's good for like waiters and bartenders and right, but yeah, they don't need Amazon to come in to find those jobs. Plus, DC is such a weird market where it's like everyone works for the government, and it's like the government jobs are there in good economic times and bad economic times, and they get paid the same. It's so, like no one, yeah. So, what did you think of the election results overall? Like good, bad? Oh, dude! Even now, wash out. It's a random series of events, but. It was actually like very crazy how pundits were like very spot on this election. Hmm. Not a lot of randomness. Um, it was like exactly what like Nate Silver predicted. So two Senate or thirty eight them. Talk about it in like two lenses. Like one, f- like from the perspective of grassroots analytics, and then like as a country, like. Oh, as a country, it's fine. I mean, like Democrats are going to have investigative powers and be able to like look into all Trump's like bullshit. Um, and nothing will happen for nothing two will years. Happen, yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll pass like a few bipartisan things, but even then, it's like I doubt that much. And like the 2020 election is going to take up so much oxygen within six months that like they won't do anything for all of 2020. So like maybe a few bipartisan things get passed in 2019. Maybe literally nothing gets passed. And then, you know, I mean, like Elizabeth Warren's going to declare after Christmas. There's going to be 15 people running for president by February 2019. So, so then it's like everything is it's going to take all the oxygen and everyone is going to live their life preparing for the four years of like democratic rule. 
following 2020. Even if that might not happen, that's just like one outcome. It's mm-hmm. like that's the outcome Democrats want. So like, yeah. Anyway. So you think all those rumor names like Kamala, Cory Booker, Joe Biden, like all- everyone is gonna go? It's gonna try. Yeah, the one rule I like, well, I hate rules of thumb and heuristics, even though, like, I almost always said grand sweeping state. <laughs> I'm, like, very against that now. Like, everything's more nuanced. People make it out, and I sort of hate that about myself. But um, the one heuristic I've heard that I like is 3927, which is, like, once three people run, there might as well be nine people running because then the logic in a primary is, like, I just have to win, like, 30 to 40 percent and then i can win the primary and then once nine people are in there might as well be 27 percent because then at that point like 25 percent i just have to win like a quarter of the electorate right and then it's like anyone has a shot and it's like the the percent chance people win becomes so dispersed it's so enticing to be the most powerful person in the world even if you just have like a four percent chance and it's like why not throw my hat in because nine people for sure running so now like it's filling up to 27. It's going to be crazy how many people run. Um, like Elizabeth Warren's office is right under mine. They already have it rented out under an alias, Mar- Mary Katzman. And um, <laughs> they're moving in the Friday before. They're moving in Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. Because they like want it to be a secret. It's not, But it's so stupid because like, people know she's running for president. And it's not like some reporter is going to spend their Christmas day being like, Elizabeth Warren's staff moved into an office in D.C. today. Wonder what's happening. <laughs> so I pulled up the odds. And yeah. it goes Donald Trump. And then Kamala is second. At plus, she 12, plus, plus 1,200. Wow, that's so high. Yeah, it's Kamala, well, Bernie, Beto, Joe Biden, and then Elizabeth Warren. But the the crazy part is that the front runner to be the Democratic nominee is plus twelve hundred. That's so dispersed. Like the odds are so low for each. Like no one has over a twenty percent chance of winning the Democratic primary. That's it's actually anyone's ball game. It's crazy. And do you think like two of them will like join forces? You know what I mean? Like like Beto yeah, and right. Cory Booker just like There's decide. Anything could happen. Like any absolutely anything could happen. Like, um, it's anyone's game, really. It's crazy. Like, I don't, I could see so many different things happening. And, like, it's who's going to win is going to be shaped by exogenous news event that we don't even see coming. Like, some issue is going to become super relevant because of some random world event. And then, like, the person in the Dem primary who, like, is most capable of capitalizing on that exogenous story is going to become the front runner. That's kind of what happened in Brazil where like 60% of the country just didn't want the, the PT, the people's party to win. And so then that guy got stabbed and then there's like, all right, he's the one. He's the one. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's, that's crazy that that happened. I know. Your, just like, is it, is it like people don't want to talk about it? Like, what do you, it was funny, like, after the election, I mean, I'm in a lot of family groups, so we're, like, people obviously, like, love and respect each other, and it was a lot of, like, memes and messages, like, hey, this is a time to be united, no matter what the results is, but my dad, like, for instance, was kind of for that guy winning, which was disappointing to me, but him... Oh, Jair? Oh, no. I know. This very disappointing. I mean... Yeah. Is it just so, like, there's two parties and, like, if you choose to care the most about some issue, then, like, you have to swallow all the bad parts about 
Yeah. Yeah. Then, like, my dad was way more against the other party than he was for this guy, you know? Like, and I feel like most Brazilians were, were kind of like that. They were just against the People's Party way more than they were for. Because of corruption? Yeah, corruption. And there's, like, so the guy Lula, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was yeah, the yeah. president before Juma. So in Brazil, you can run for two terms, wait two terms, and then run again. So he was, he was like, easily going to win. But then he went to jail. And so everyone was saying, like, okay, if his party wins, they'll immediately release him from jail. And I kind of get the mentality, like, no, like, fuck that. Like, he was caught and found guilty of corruption. Like, we need to take a stance, you know? Like, if he gets away with it, then when will anyone ever, you know, face punishment for corruption? So I kind of understand that. Yeah, I- I just really wish. Yeah, I hear that. I I was hoping something similar. Yeah, I was hoping something similar would happen in Georgia, where it's just like Brian Kemp was so clearly fucking with the rules to make himself win that I was like, all right, like no one respects someone who's just this blatantly cheating, right? And then no, they didn't give a fuck. It was so. Oh, I'm so frustrated by that. So, like, did you see that he resigned from that position the day after he won the election? Yeah, I know. It was like literally, I'm hanging in this job until the second I know I've won. Like, I'm not giving up one second of holding undue and unfair power. He's such a little shit. Like, literally, they f- forgot, quote unquote, a p- power cables for voting machines in Atlanta. Like, oh, yeah, like, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. Ugh. I, I, yeah. Everything about it was like, you literally did everything possible to cheat to win. But, like, maybe within the rules, but just like obviously unethical. Uh, yeah, so sad about that. But yeah, I don't know. There's some cool candidates that won, so I'm excited. I don't know. Do you pay? Do you, I don't know how much like attention people pay to different things, but there's like this whole group of woke ladies from all around the country that are very progressive. They're gonna stir things up, like Ilhan and AOC. Have you been yes, on that? Yes, Ilhan's the coolest. She's so fucking rad. Ilhan, yeah, Ilhan's dope. Ilhan, like was like the there was all these trump crazy trump swamp twitter but even like a lot of mainstream trump twitter shared this meme like over 10 million times or something and it was about ilhan saying that she like hopes the american flag like burns and that she wants to like start making more women in the u.s wear a hijab like white women wear a hijab and it got shared like 10 million times in trump twitter it's like not a real quote obviously God, ah, <laughs> classic, classic. Just say some racist shit, and like people want to believe it. So, but anyway, um, all right. What about uh basketball? I got it last night. Have you been following the Wizards stuff? The Wizards are fucking terrible. And okay, dude. So I sit right behind the media row at the Wizards game. <laughs> Scream the entire time, like fire Scott Brooks. I mean, like. You already got fired for not staggering Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, I'll live it. And like this one writer, like Fred Katz, is always like making these like commentary. He's the athletic writer for the Wizards. And he's always making these commentaries on the crowd at games and these tweets. And I'm like, no one else in the arena is yelling or booing. <laughs> it's just me. He's like, yeah, Boobird's that out early. And it's just me. This is like, you. <laughs> the section right behind him. Boo! Stop giving up. 
Oh my god, that's what we have to, we should have done at Carolina Games, because the student section is right behind the media row. <laughs> I know, right? I, but they would have, like, I feel like they would have, like, oh, kicked us out. they would have kicked us out. They would have 100% It's like at the Wizards out. game, it's like, I spent money to be in that seat, so it's like, mm-hmm. they can't do anything, plus it's like, the, everyone on the team hates Scott as much as I do. So it's like, John Wall, like, just got fined. Do you see the story today? So what happened today? There was, like, a bunch of drama on Twitter today. Yeah, well, they, like, said apparently in the last, like, three or four practices, there's been, like, screaming, and people have just been, like, leaving. And, hold on, i got to plug my computer in. But I'm going to keep talking. Um, so people have just been, like, leaving the practice, and, like, John Wall's been screaming at people. And at one point, Brad Beal left the court and went up to Ernie Grunfeld and, like, cussed him out. And was like, it's been the same shit for seven years. And, like... The team is just an absolute tire fire, yet in none of this analysis, I just listened to the Ringer NBA basketball podcast, which I don't listen to because, I don't know, I don't love that stuff. I don't love, like, anything that's not Nate Duncan or Zach Lowe, questionable. But I heard the Wizards, and I really wanted to, you know, I go to every Wizards game, so I was like, I wanted to hear what they say, and, like, they just didn't even bring up the idea that Scott Book should be fired. And it's like the thing I don't get is like why would you break up the team and trade away John Wall and Bradley Beal or like Otto Porter without first bringing in a good coach? Right. I guess they. I mean, they. The idea was they they did bring in a coach, right? Because they fired um, Randy Whitman, in, but then brought in Scotty Brooks. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Brooks is a terrible coach. It's not the he answer. Was four years ago, and basketball has changed a lot since then, which he. Also hasn't cut. Anyway, whatever. And the other crazy thing is, like, don't even think about trading anyone until you fire Ernie Grunfeld. Yeah. Like, like why would you have him make the decisions? <laughs> if you're going to blow it up. Setting. And I just, like, uh, I'm like, it's sad. They're not good. As Wolf Blitzer used to come to every game. Now he barely comes. Wolf Blitzer? Sad. Yeah. <laughs> he sits down to our right. No, I know you should. You should come to. Uh, you should come up for like some good games, though. Um, Cheech just to. came down for a few good games. Like if you pick like somewhere fun on the schedule, it's like Wizard season tickets are so cheap. Like it's basically like you pay thirty percent of the price on every ticket if you just pay them all up front at the beginning of the year. Is the deal with season tickets, and then, um, then like when the Lakers come and my seats are worth like six hundred dollars each, it's like I actually barely you know it's like that's like one fourth of the entire amount i paid so it's like yeah just one game miss out to watch yeah Yeah, exactly but then i mean but then when they play like sacramento on a tuesday i i got this great setup because again they're like giving these seats away basically season tickets away basically we'll have two seats but then you start the season with 10 credits and the two seats next to me are empty so i have the option to go up to four seats whenever by spending two credits i also could give my tickets back at face value or give my tickets back and get a ticket credit from the wizards which then i can use to expand to four seats in any other game gotcha so like i'll probably give like five or six games worth back get a bunch more credits expand up to four a lot of times um but you can't expand up to four for premium games and there's like six of those uh, like like gotcha so I'll just have two tickets for that makes sense. But like, they're like just stupid about that too. Like the Bucks aren't premiums. So of course, I've already got like five extra seats to the Bucks. Because <laughs> no, Giannis, but. Yeah, I was debating. So my dad really likes Giannis. And I was debating for his 50th birthday to get him Giannis tickets or Lakers. Like I ended up getting Lakers. But like, yeah, to me, Giannis is a top five NBA. Right. Yeah. 
Um, In-person experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what else? Have you watched uh, college basketball at all? I've been watching some. So I think UNC is playing right now, but they're playing some nobody team. So I haven't even been following well, the score. Really what? Scary. Our schedules. I dude. I just gets harder and harder for me to watch Roy. I don't know if you're feeling the same way. So we're up forty four thirty four. Yeah, it's tough. Especially because like, all the high Duke is just like I don't even know if I want to invest as much as I usually do. I know I will right? end up at like, the end, but your off. It's like Royce, but that's the thing, Coach K. I almost like I'm excited to watch Duke because I know Coach K. My uncle and my cousin, who I also talk about gambling with, were like the over under for Duke conference losses is one. I was like, take that over right now. <laughs> Pound that like, fucking Coach over. K. It's like any good coach comes up with any innovative strategy to stop Duke, and it's just done. That's it. Like they'll definitely I mean, use. One of the UVA games. Yeah, and like Notre Dame can't figure out a way to like run some crazy three something zone, you know. Also, ACC is fucking stacked. Like it'll just then they're freshmen. Like they'll just be tired one day, you know, or just be off. Yeah. Also, Coach K is like maybe the second or third worst coach in the in the league. You know, it's like <laughs> one of those coaches win lose one conference game. It's just so hard to lose when they're so fucking talented, yeah, you know. Like, I know, right? But like in the back of my mind, I'm like, so Cam Reddish can shoot, RJ can shoot, Zion can. That's the problem. Like if they can all shoot, Zion, I'm still not sold on. But I mean, he's hit him so far. He's hit him, but it's yeah. It's also like they they play nobody teams. Like I want to see him hit that, you know, like with four minutes left in a row, like hostile environment. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I know. I need to watch more UNC. I just like. Just the fact that he's starting two centers and a power forward is like so demoralizing to me. I think we're past this as a society. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is like inside Carolina, just re- inside Carolina State, Carolina State media basically, and they release an article saying like the offensive efficiency is like through the roof when we go small. <laughs> It's not even small. It's not even like, small. <laughs> I know. I watch all these NBA games and like. NBA coaches, good NBA coaches, are like increasingly rolling out these lineups that literally are like two two small forwards, two shooting guards, and a point guard. It's like if you put the monikers on players that we just used three years ago, you'd be like, "That's insane." They're just starting one through three. Like, but then if you think about it in terms of like, oh, who are the you know what players are best on offense and what players are best on defense? It's like, oh, this actually. And, like, the Wizards play Dwight Howard, and, like, it's like, oh, oh, damn, who was it the other day? It was, like, Orlando's going small against Dwight Howard. Like, we must post him up. And then he had, like, three straight turnovers, and it's like, oh, great, great idea, guys. Yeah, that's the thing. There's no – especially in college, there's no such thing as, like, a dominant low post score. Like, let them post up. Nobody's good enough. Yeah, no one's good enough at that at all. Yeah, uh it's so it's yeah. Yeah, NBA too. They play multiple point guards all the time, and I feel like Roy doesn't do that enough. Like, like he'll have multiple point guards. Like he'll he would have played, for instance, Marcus Page and Joel Berry, but it'll be like Joel Berry is point guard, you know? Yeah. And, and they wouldn't like share roles. Or as NBA, everyone's like sharing ball handling roles. Yeah, I would love to see a Cam Nazir, Leaky Black, um, Kobe White, and. Honestly, like even, even like seventh, like 
like a super super small like I Luke know. off I, the court small. I was, um, yeah, I was literally. Well, I love Luke, but Luke is not. Oh, young. I do too. But no, yeah. <laughs> well, that that's the problem. Although his shooting was so valuable on offense, like just the gravity. Like I just like I'm obsessed with the idea, especially because it like backs up my view of the world, which is like you should just shoot tons of threes. And also, I shoot tons of threes personally. <laughs> so I like I'm obsessed with this idea of like Steph Curry's gravity being like the only thing that's made the Warriors good for the past five years. Because I just watched the last couple of their games and they're garbage, dude. The Warriors? Like, yeah, they've been so bad. Oh, Clay's been like in a um, slump, but because Steph Steph has been out, right? Yeah, Steph's Steph's not in, and their offense just looks like clunky as shit. I'm just like, damn. Yeah. Have you gone any Hawks game still? No. No, I haven't. I need a yeah. Is it too far? It's not far. It's just like annoying to like walk to Marta because I don't want to drive all the way down downtown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just like finding people that want to like take the Marta, and no one here is a basketball fan. Yeah. Right. Everyone. Well, ev- like this is college football country. Atlanta is college yeah. football country. A hundred percent. Are there like any events or concerts? What What have you been up to? Oh, I've been to – I think I said this on the pod already. I went to Beyonce concert. That was super yeah. fun. How was that? Was, oh, did- my God. It was amazing. Like, she's legit, like, a current day Michael Jackson, Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So when you're yeah. there, you feel like you're watching history. It's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Was it in a football stadium? It was, yeah, so I went down to Houston to watch it because I have a friend that lives in Austin, so I flew to Austin. It was Austin. in NRG? Yes, where she's from. Like, yeah. What? Also, I can't even imagine the people at this Houston concert. It must have been lit. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I was, I was kind of disappointed. I thought she would like do something special because it was Houston, but because you can like see what songs they play in every concert, like at every city, and she played like the exact same set list. Like she didn't bring out any special guests. She didn't. She like at some point said like, "Oh, thank you, Houston. This is my hometown. Like I love y'all." That was basically the extent of the it's difference. Like- um, yeah, audible line. Right, like I was hoping she'd like fucking bring out Rihanna or like some crazy shit like that, but she didn't. It was still good though. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and coincidentally, I went to a Beyonce party this Saturday in Atlanta, and it was so fun. <laughs> like, really, like themed? It was a themed Beyonce party, like uh, all exclusively crazy. played her discography. Discography. Yeah, I've never seen so many people dance so hard in their life. <laughs> Great party that, that idea. Like she has so many bangers. <laughs> yeah, no. I yeah. Damn, total respect to that. Um, I'm trying to think. How is uh work going? Work's good. It's calming down. Like holidays hit, like I basically have nothing to do. Really? Yeah, for the most part. Um I was in New York recently. I was at the MLS office and thank God for Amy because that is Amy. Oh, yeah, Amy's Yeah, there. Amy works for the MLS. And, like, the people I work with are, like, these tech losers, like, the IT people and, like... Yeah, yeah. Analyst. So they, like, have the worst floors, like, a dark floor with, like, no windows. And they were there the whole day, and they give, didn't show me their real office. So, like, I texted Amy after the meeting was done, and she, like, gave me a tour of the real office, and it was really cool. MLS? Yeah, like, they have, like, trophies up and, like, cleats and, like, pictures of the stadium. It's... Very millennial, but also, like, really cool. Yeah, really MLS is cool. I went to a uh, DC United game, Wayne Rooney. Did you go to the new stadium or the 
the, the new stadium. New stadium's cool, but like apparently they did a terrible job building it. So like, oh really? It leaks when it rains and stuff. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, it was a whole debacle. But it's fine. I mean, it's fun. And now that it's NDC instead of being like farther out, um, it's like lit. And there's a beer garden next to it. So like, you, it feels like you're going to a game in like Germany. Everyone's wearing scarves and drinking beer, and then people go in. It's fun. Wayne Rooney was great. Wayne Rooney had a really good year. Yeah, no, he lit like DC was like in last place, and then Rooney came and they made the fucking playoffs. <laughs> he had some like legendary finishes that people were like a buzz about. He made the English, the British national team again because of how well I, he played. Yeah, he really like had a fucking good year. Like it was way, yeah, it was yeah, it was such a resurgent year. No, it was good. It was hype. How's Liverpool doing? Uh, dude, I do most all just looks n- not as good this year. Dang. They're still scoring tons of goals. They had a terrible loss against Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League, which is going to now make it like completely even odds between them and Liverpool and um, Napoli to advance. Napoli has some good players. There's like a couple Brazilians yeah, dude, on there. The fucking uh, Mertens is unreal. Mm-hmm. Um. Although the person I'm most impressed with is what's that got Hazard on Chelsea? He's so fucking good, dude. What the hell? Like he's, he's unreal. Like, yes, and that was our only loss. Um, and yeah, it was just tough. Um, but we tied Man City. It was kind of a bummer. That was a boring was game. I remember. I watched that. Yeah, zero zero. Um, I think the coaches just sort of figured each other out. Um, yeah, but it was still fun. Nothing's more joyful than watching, like, Mane, and they just, Liverpool plays such an inspired brand, and, like, such a free-flowing, fun yeah. brand. Well, like, it's just, it's so good. They're very aggressive. I like watching them, too. Yeah, they press, and then their counterattacks, when they have Mane and Firmino and Salah up front, is like, the passes are so good. It's and lethal. So yeah. Yeah, it's so fast, and I love for me like I like all of them. I think they're all equally good and effective. Um, Mane, Firmino, and Salah, and uh, I really like Shakiri, um, who like people were down on, but I think he's been great. That's how uh, stacked you are. Like Shakiri comes off the bench, like, damn. Yeah, he's been so yeah, he's been really good, um, and Allison has been great. I think we would have lost a few more games, but Allison has been. Obviously amazing. Yes, I love him. How's Tali doing? Yeah. Uh, she's good. So Tali's boss quit like three months ago. And she's no. lost his job. Damn. And like compensated for it. And it's like crazy. She's like working way more than I am. And like super stressed about work. And I feel so bad. Um, but yeah, she, yeah. Is she in Charlotte for Thanksgiving? Yeah, so Tally flies down to Charlotte for Thanksgiving Wednesday. I just got back today, but we meet on Sunday in Atlanta airport, and we're going to Costa Rica for a week. What? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm on vacation in a hot minute, but I'm like definitely treating myself. We're staying. It just like won this award in the New York Times, like a few six months ago when we when I booked it, and it's like a peninsula in northwestern costa rica there's like a volcano and a jungle and it's for like it's called like it's like an outdoor adventure resort but it's like one day you go ziplining the next day you do like mountain biking or hiking and like camping on a volcano one night and then doing like 
mud baths and swimming down a river or something. I Damn. don't know. Every day something like that. We're doing like a learning how to paddleboard day for eight hours, which seems like I'll get really sunburned, but <laughs> not sure. No, it's cool. It, Costa Rica is really cheap to get to. Southwest flights. Nice. <laughs> Southwest Costa Rica. So. What credit card do you have? Random question. Like, how are you? South, like, Southwest. Which is Korea. crazy. Yeah. I spend like sixty thousand dollars a month on a Southwest business card. So. Do you have? Go ahead. <laughs> Southwest point because it's like all of our company's expenses are on this. So I heard card. that with Southwest, if you have enough points and fly enough, that you get a free tr- like travel buddy pass. Yeah, no, my mom has that, and I'm like six months away. Oh, really? Yeah, she. My mom is the same thing where she basically runs a similarly sized business. I know she's like always giving me advice. That's it's out awesome. of control. Oh my god! It's so frustrating most of the time. Like today, she came back and she was like, "What did she say today that irks me?" She was like asking me like who was going to take over the company for me. I was like, "What?" Twenty <laughs> four. that's hilarious yeah i thought i knew a lot about like credit card points and like working the system and stuff and then i met this guy a few weeks ago (laughs) he he like broke the system but like he gets he has like 10 credit cards at once like just flew to india first class for free on points like he's he's figured it out he's like he yeah, there's yeah. people out there that are – mm. that's crazy. I mean, one, it just probably takes a lot of time to do that. But two, mm. you definitely can do that. Um, the only thing I've heard is it lowers your credit score a lot. Yeah, yeah, and he did say that, but like – So as long – but I mean as long as you're not like planning on buying a house. The other thing – yeah, that's the other thing. His, he is like from a very rich family. So like I'm sure he – you know, his parents are going to help him out when – yeah, like that day already, comes. You know, already have like a place to live. It's like, oh, let me just ruin my credit score for a hot couple of years to get all these points. Right, and dude, yeah, travel like to these sick places and like stay at the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all through points. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Good for him. But I love talking about credit cards and hotel points. So if anyone in the house is <laughs> considering new credit cards, talk to me. Yeah, damn. I well, my personal card is JetBlue because that's what I fly home with. Makes sense. So I do JetBlue, but the Southwest one for businesses when you sign on seventy thousand points can't beat it. And the Southwest points are so good, especially in the DC area. You can fly out of BWI. It's, it's is that a hub? No. It's like the flagship hub of Southwest. BWI. Ah, damn. See, that's awesome. That's yeah. the problem with Atlanta. Like eighty percent of the flights are Delta. Yeah, I don't love Delta. I don't know. Delta's fine. It's just like it's like when you have a monopoly, like yeah. prices are through the roof. You know, it's just, it's just annoying. Yeah, classic. Damn, um, I'm trying to think. Have you heard anything from other people? Like, what are what's the rest of the house up to? I've seen Levent like a decent amount because I went to carry like back to back like three times in a row. They're good. Um... I saw event too. I saw James in Brooklyn in his house. Oh, really? How was that? Three weeks ago. They had just moved in. It was great, though. I mean, like, it's very artistically done, the apartment, obviously. Of course. <laughs> like, it looks, like, way more adult than any of the residences that, like, most kids are age are living in. I mean, it's just, like, Meredith's clearly very good at design. I, yeah. James said he, like, moved a few things in different places. <laughs> Skeptical. 
Uh, no, he was just starting his job. Um, yeah, we like literally, I think it was like within the first three or four weeks they were there. Um, but he lives in a really cool part of town. It was actually great. It was like my most favorite trip to New York I've been on because all of the people we wanted to see live within like a one mile radius of each other in Brooklyn, which is like before I was like hiking between Manhattan yeah. and deep parts of Brooklyn. But now everyone lives in Crown Heights Park Slope. Oh, cool. And it's like, it was amazing. So I saw James, we saw like Tali's friends, we saw Tali's sister, we saw Vashal, we saw my friend Zach. Nice. All in like Crown Heights Park Slope, um, which was dope. So hipster. That's super cool. I've never really hung out in Brooklyn. When I go, I usually, yeah, stay in Manhattan. Right, exactly. And yeah. No, I like Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got much different vibes. It's almost like you're visiting Durham. Bigger Durham. I don't know. Yeah, nice. My brother's moving out there. Really? Oh, yeah. Did he graduate? <laughs> he graduates in May. He His whole life, he said he wants to be a petroleum engineer. And you're going to love this, Danny. Uh, whole life, wants to be a petroleum engineer, like looking at only schools with chemical engineering programs, goes to Cornell for chemical engineering. And guess what he's doing after graduation? Frank, it's not about it's it's not about the money. It's because he loves finance. He loves consulting, Danny. <laughs> he loves consulting. It's like, you don't understand. Consulting Frank. is not, his passion. It's not about the money or like the corporate resume builder. Uh, it's because he, like sits and thinks about spreadsheets and gets like rock hard to the idea of <laughs> making like a dying manufacturing business a little more efficient. God, and like he, <laughs> he got like a, a pretty nice job offer apparently from Exxon in Houston and Exxon apparently has like a super cool campus with like a gym and all like all these. Yeah, that's where Austin. Yes, well, and Austin's going to work there. Austin's super excited. And my brother got a job offer there too. I was like, nah, I'd rather do, con-. it's just, it's his friends, you know, like he's in a fraternity and the people around are. him are all, all finance or consulting and he wants to do the same thing. Like it's his yeah. life, you know, like I'm not going to get. <laughs> mad or upset but it's just like of course <laughs> yeah i just well i'm constantly reading these like out out of like out there economist books but one of the things this book i'm reading is called capitalism without capital but basically they talk about like intangible assets and they were making this interesting point that like a lot of what has made modern businesses successful is like building a brand that like people want to work there and people want to hire you more than even offering like a valuable service. God. So many points. I was like, literally like that. I feel like is exactly what the consulting companies are. They just have like, and, and it's like a real thing. It's like an intangible asset, their brand and like their vibe. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I felt bad. I gave James too hard a time about them, like McKinsey being like working for Saudi Arabia, making all their money from Saudi Arabia. So I backed off that a little bit. But James, if you're listening, your company makes the <laughs> largest profit sources from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't be one to talk either. Like my company literally like uses analytics to make things like 10% more efficient, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I can't even get started about how, okay, this is a little separate, but we have all these clients uh-huh. clearly are 
not math people who you remember Cambridge Analytica yeah yeah so they like here we're grassroots a everyone calls us grassroots Analytica but oh, b God. all these people are not willing to make their testimonial we asked for like testimonial and feedback at the end of the year or whatever yeah I I wasn't like the marketing team like ran this so I like really wasn't a part of this like the questions or anything but anyway like I'm looking over some of the testimonials just like check in on what the marketing people are doing and um all these people are not making their testimonials public probably like 15 20 percent of people are like don't want it in public so then I ask them and they're like wow we're just like really worried our constituents are going to be turned off by using analytics by our campaign having used analytics it's like uh, what no <laughs> they're like well you know with like the cambridge analytica thing and i'm like they didn't get in trouble for analytics they got in trouble because they were backed by russia i was like we're just doing math i was like no 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 you're conflating russia with math like, <laughs> stop. stop this right now and uh no dude they're like and then, like, when I even pressed one of these guys, he was like, well, honestly, like, even if it's just math, like, constituents, like, would really prefer, like, a wholesome person-to-person campaign. Uh, and I was like, you know what? You can better tell your message with math. But anyway, not worth fighting. It is true. We actually, like, did work with a much younger candidate cohort. Someone just ran these numbers the other day. And it's like uh, the candidates that we worked with tended to be much younger hmm. because I think young people hate math less. <laughs> Maybe not hate math, but they just like don't. They believe in science more. Yeah, or are just like less afraid of what they don't know. Mm. I feel like people are like afraid of things that they don't fully understand, whereas young people are like, I still got time. Like maybe I'll learn about this someday. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, have you have any? Did your football article was eye opening? I actually probably told thirty people about the thing you sent me. What thing? Oh yeah, that five thirty eight. Yeah, you should oh. go for a touchdown to make you down eight instead of going for one to go down seven. And it's like every time I see it now on TV, I like screaming and like tweeting at the local announcer or local reporter. Like go for two. Like, yes. Yeah, dude. How did I never? I can't believe it. So wait, yeah. wait. Let's sum it up for people listening. It's basically if, basically, if you're in the fourth quarter and you're down 14 and you score a touchdown, now you're down eight. You should go for two every single time, mm-hmm. right? And the reason being, if you don't make it, then you're down eight. You're still one possession. Um, but if you do make it, then you score a touchdown again. You win. Right, and so basically, basically, what it comes out to is like there's a twenty five percent more chance of you winning if you go for two than if you kick a field goal. Yeah, I was so seven. obsessed with this idea for a while. I was telling everyone just because that's just sort of like how I work or whatever. But anyway, it was really interesting because I was telling Derek, who's both much smarter than me and knows nothing about football, and he <laughs> put it really well. He's like, "Oh, so it's just playing off the difference. It's playing off the fact that football." Is is like a binary result and it doesn't matter how much you win by or but yeah he's like and it doesn't matter how much you win by and like at the same token it doesn't matter how much you lose by right. so like win by one is like the a same super yeah optimal strategy you know like if any strategy where you win by one is great and if mm-hmm. like the negative outcome of winning by one is losing by 20 who cares 
still one by one. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other less intuitive go for two is when you're down 10 and you score a touchdown. And now you're down four. And then the math says you should still go for two because basically if you don't go for you don't make it and you're down four, you, you have to be more aggressive in scoring the touchdown, which helps your odds where as opposed to if you're down three, you're going to play more conservative and try to kick the field goal and send it to overtime where it's 50-50. Yeah. So also, I love that one just as much. Yeah, it's great. No one will ever do that one. <laughs> it's crazy, and yeah, and I was reading the articles about so many articles about this, and you know what I realized I hate is like I hate the language where it's like people were referring to your strategy as like bold or like aggressive, and then like referring to the other one as like safe or conservative. And I'm like, no, like that is just the wrong framing. Like you can't frame a strategy that gives you less chance to win a game as conservative. Right. Like stop <laughs> framing things as conservative or aggressive. There's literally just like one strategy that will make you more likely to win a game and one strategy that will make you marginally less likely to win a game. It's like when a coach doesn't go for a fourth and one that they should go for, it's not like that was like the conservative call. It's like, no, that coach is just dumb. Yeah. Like the analysis be like, Oh, he's an idiot. Yes. Like, That's why I feel watching Roy all the time. I'm like, oh, you're just an idiot. Like, we're all watching you. People think you're smart. You're an idiot. That's it. Yeah, no, it, it, at, the, at a fundamental level, it's just about, like, trying something new and realizing the new way is better. Like, Yeah, but it's, like, the crazy thing <laughs> you sent me was, like, people already know it's better. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, there's no argument left. Like, if you, like showed Jason Garrett the numbers and like had him look at this like the only way to come out of that discussion and be like oh I should and then to not go for two would be like I mean you're an idiot or you're like just cowed by societal pressure and like unknowledgeable fan expectations oh my god yeah no i mean that bothers me so much because also like all these nba coaches and it's been so refreshing going to the nba games because like i would say honestly over the half of the coaches now are decent yeah like they did an exceptional transformation within five years and like just watching some new team like watching brooklyn and like how well coached they are and you know kenny atkinson doesn't have like he has like i think the least basketball background of any nba coach and it's like you know who likes playing? You know who like the team that loves their coach the most? The Nets. Because he's making all of them look way better than they are. They're all going to get paid millions of dollars more because of Kenny Atkinson. It's like if you tried to trade them Kenny Atkinson for Doc Rivers, they would all throw a mutiny, even though Doc Rivers was the most quintessential basketball man. It's like Kenny Atkinson, like he has them all sleep more. Like they do crazy, crazy stuff. The other thing, he doesn't play anyone over, like, 28 minutes a game, which I love. Really? That's interesting. It's like, yeah, so someone was telling me at the game, I think it was, um, it's like this back, the lowest level journalist reporter for that covers the Wizards, but he was telling me that the thing that prevents corner threes is, like, effort and, um, like it's scheme, but also like effort is a big part in corner threes uh -huh. and effort meaning like how active your players are and how willing they are to cover large amounts of space yeah. is like the way that you allow the least amount of threes. And like, because the Nets realized that several years ago, like Kenny Atkinson doesn't play anyone over 28 minutes a game. Cause his thought is like, if you can't sprint out and cover the three point line at every point, 
you shouldn't play. You so he like doesn't court. play anyone more than you know how like players play like whole quarters. Like he doesn't play anyone in more than six minute stretches at a time. Damn. And it's just like everyone's fresh, everyone's sprinting. They're so fast on defense. I mean, like they're not good. Like the players are bad. Right at the end of the day, talent. Like, yeah, they're, they're doing exactly the right thing. Like you watch them play, and you're like, oh, this is exactly what they should be doing. They just like don't finish at the rim and don't hit their threes, and other teams do. But yeah, that is so frustrating to watch the Wizards. Fucking Scott Brooks. <laughs> What's crazy because I complain so much about Scott Brooks, and then like I watch Carolina basketball, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the higher Scott Brooks. <laughs> What are we doing? And it's sad, too, because it's like Koji's not hard. Like, I'm continually convinced, like, just from playing pickup four or five times a week. It's like we get our pickup teams to move to play better than UNC all the time. Uh. It's just, like, not hard. It's like sometimes, like, at the end of games, the other team's hitting a few threes. We'll, like, yell no threes. And, like, people will just intuitively... Like be like, no one do threes, or we're gonna yell. We're all gonna yell at the person on our team that lets up a three. And it's like people will guard the three point line well and like close our heart and like yeah, maybe we give up one or two more laps. But so the Monday night football game just started. Kind of want to watch that. Do you have a hot take? Yeah, no, I, I do. Uh, okay. Uh, no, I definitely. Well, I have so many hot takes. All the time. <laughs> this whole podcast is just hot takes. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, man. A series, a series of hot takes. Give me a second. What's yours? Uh, I don't really have one other than there's a couple of TV shows that mm. I think are just like really nice. I feel like most TV shows now, the really good ones, you need like your full 100% attention and like. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Game of Thrones. Like you sit like I'm down watching and you Ozarks walk. right now. Right. Ozarks another one. Like you have to sit down and focus because that yeah. shit's like intense. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, there's like a couple of shows that are like very much the opposite. Very good, but like very chill and you can have like on in the background while you do other stuff. One is The Great British Baking Show. Have you have you heard of it? Dude, yes. We watch that. That's that great. shit is awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. And that's that a really good. So fucking condescending. They're so condescending. It's hilarious. But it's also, like, kind of relaxing because, like, you're watching them bake and, like, there's, like, these pretty cakes and whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, and the personalities. Like, British people are just funny. Yeah. And then the other one is it's a very similar, like, style of show, but it's called Making It. Have you heard of it? No. It's with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman are the hosts. Um And it's literally, like, the British baking show, but instead of, like, baking cakes, it's, like, crafts. Like a crafting competition, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Like watching them make stuff with like different materials, and like again, it's just like very wholesome. Like have it on in the background. Like oh, this is sweet and nice, and like I don't really need to pay attention. Yeah, you okay. Know? You've inspired me. So instead of the hot takes, which mine are usually just like criticizing something, <laughs> I'll also go positive. All right, two like millennial things. I'm going to do three millennial things that people harp on that I, like, become really into. Things that I used to think were, like, stupid. Uh-huh. Like, not cool. Okay, one is sparkling water. I drink so much Perrier. Like, <laughs> I, we, okay, so me and my roommate Brandon, so I live with my roommate Brandon and Riggs. Me and my roommate Brandon drink most sparkling water. So we order on Amazon Pantry... 12 36 packs of Perrier at a time. And like, it's great the day you come home and see it. 
just so much fucking Perrier, and it takes like 15 minutes to load it all upstairs. But anyway, our fridge is like half Perrier. But anyway, so I, I really like sparkling water. Wait, was, hold on. Have you gotten into LaCroix? Better. What? Have you gotten into LaCroix? Well, I was. So I got into LaCroix first. First gotcha. time, it's shit flavors like coconut and pamplemousse. mousse. I was like, ooh, these are fun. And <laughs> like I someone was like, well, lemon's the best one. And then I was doing just that. And then I gave up the like, sweeter ones. And then I had some Perrier. And I was like, damn, this is better. So what, what do you, you drink? Any? Yeah, I, I'm a pomplemousse bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know the only, what's, you know the only one worse than pomplemousse? I'm the only one you know? No, 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 no. no. Pop okay, there's like the I would say the betchiest LaCroix are Poplay Mooses two. <laughs> what what's one? Oh god. Uh like I don't know. Sorority Girl Central, Passion Fruit. Oh my god, of course. <laughs> Dude, I can I I like Poplay Moose, but like Passion it's Fruit. So I good. Do. It's like sickeningly too sweet. It's like <laughs> Like I understand that there's a large part of society that's still like drinking soda. I <laughs> close to as sweet as that. Okay, so I like that. The other thing is yoga. So I, in the winter, I've been playing Les Pickup basketball, and like I gotta say, I go to yoga. If I'm counting out loud, it, I always in my head been going like once or twice a week, but the last couple of weeks I went three times, four times, nice. and five times. Wow. So, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not like. What's like the biggest benefit? Is it mental? Is it body? Sleep Dude, better? Like, what is the so best many things? Like, I feel better in basketball. I'm like the most limber I've been, and like the best jumping, and um, and then just like sitting at your desk, you have better posture now. Wow. The breathing, the meditation. I I almost feel like I've become more spiritual. Wow. Like, I say it's almost taking a place in my life instead of church. And I go to, like, the biggest hippie one. There's, like, incense, and they do the bowl, and they end the class with, like, shavasana, and then also, like, another five to ten minutes of meditation where you just sit quietly. Um, and, yeah, do just so many things. It's a great workout. Um, I just feel better. Like, I feel really good. I should do that. Is it, like – it's not, like, a replacement for cardio, though, is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, so that's – It is? So – at first, I had only been able to do beginner classes because I'm really not flexible. Yeah. Uh, but now that I've become a little bit better, I can start to do intermediate. And when you do intermediate, there's like flow classes. And the flow classes are like really intense. Like you're moving really quickly. Like the, sometimes the class is like 82 degrees. Um, but yeah, I, I do yoga. I, I basically do something every day, either yoga or basketball. So That's awesome. On days where I don't do basketball, I do yoga and um dude I, it's great i really like it i go now like tali used to like drag me occasionally but now i go definitely more than her and uh yeah dude and they're just my people like they're great they're great people it's like all different versions of ian <laughs> female version of ian and like oh dude it's hilarious they're so hip and like uh yeah no it's a it's a fun fun crowd and then third i really like i get avocado toast all the time Yes, <laughs> but I love it. It's like my go-to. So there's just three things I like. That's awesome. Great way to end. Yes, on a positive. We usually are very critical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we said enough negative things. I mean, 
Just but, one more negative thing. Like, Larry has to go, right? Larry's gone, right? Oh, it's, dude, it's like, <laughs> it's so beyond time. Oh, one other thing I like that I'll mention on Larry is, so I keep, well, so this, ha- so basically I was at talking with this guy and he deletes his tweets. He's a reporter and he deletes uh-huh. his, auto deletes his tweets after three months. So like, if you look like my Twitter feed now only goes back three months uh-huh. and all the tweets after three months just self-delete. But sad because I would try to go back and I had been doing this great thing where I retweeted myself from three years ago where I was saying Larry needed to get fired. Honestly, one was from like four and a half years ago where I was like, honestly, that was one of the stupidest coaching things I've ever seen. I don't see how we'd ever win anything serious with Larry as our coach. Like I tried, I, I had retweeted it and I went back to look at my retweet and the, the other tweet. It was, but anyway, it's like so evident for so long that Larry sucks if we don't fire him. Are right, so we, we just waiting until the right, end of the like, year? He has to go. There's inside Carolina. Carolina State media has turned on him. Like, there's no way, right? No, really. Inside Carolina turned on him. What does that even look oh, like? Oh, on Twitter, they're just like questioning every little thing he does. Like, they, yeah, it's not like blatant. Like they have, like, they're not using the words "fire Larry," but like every like coaching choice is like under a microscope now, which has never been the case. Like, I feel like this year it's changed. Should Larry have run the program into the ground? Question mark, question mark. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We lose recruits to NC State. Like, oh. oh, it's so bad. I mean, he's an idiot. Like, no one was ever thinking he was. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, let's end it there before we get right. too heated I'm again. On that. All right. Hey, good talk. Yes. Great talking to you. Have Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Have fun in Costa Rica. Is Thunder still kicking it? Dude, Thunder is still kicking it. (laughs) Thanksgiving. All right, we'll do. I I didn't want to wish on Thunder a happy Thanksgiving and then have him be dead. (laughs) I mean, honestly, odds Thunder is still alive are maybe low. Like, by the time I get home, maybe he won't be kicking it. (laughs) That's like two years ago. Oh, my God. LOL. Yeah, poor guy. (laughs) All right. Take care, Danny. Bye.